you have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why after several thousand downloads in just over a year, small business owners, CEOs, CFOs, partners, and general managers download the Small Business Celebration Podcast in record numbers on a weekly basis. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Kevin Oliver, who is the owner of Oliver & Associates Real Estate Team, and welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Thank you. About a year ago, one of our guests, Mark Hale, talked about a book that was very influential in his business and in his career called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. And our guest today for our Visioner Nation is the International Hall of Fame Award winner for Rich Dad, the one and only Kevin Oliver himself. Well, thank you for having me here. Explain to us briefly, for those who don't know, tell us about your business and what is it that you do. I'm a real estate broker here in Bakersfield area. I've been for a number of years as well as a, an investor, mm -hmm. real estate, and some other businesses as well. But my day-to-day -day job, I would have to say, is my 9 to 5, which I, always, <laughs> I never say it's 9 to 5 because I always tell my people that Real estate is not a job, it's a lifestyle. Mm. But I am a real estate broker during the day. Briefly <clears throat> tell us what is Rich Dad, Poor Dad's philosophy and tell us about the very key component of the cash flow quadrant. The Quadrant is actually the second book. Mm -hmm. The Rich Dad, Poor Dad is probably one of his famous ones that is his first book and talks about all cash flow and getting out of the rat race, mm. where the Quadrant actually breaks down a lot of the, the statistics in regards to four different areas of the Quadrant. You have on the left side of it more of your employees, which mm. and, and there's nothing wrong with any of these quadrants. It just depends on if you want to become more wealthy, it's easier in some of the other quadrants. And some of the quadrants are easier than others. Mm. Where the majority of people live in the first quadrant, which is your employee. Mm. Now, this is where they want stability of benefits, things like that. They want a regular paycheck. Exactly. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. They make great livings. They get pensions. They retire. And they can always be in that employee quadrant. And then you have your... Your S, which is, you find this in that part of it, it's still an employee, but it's a professional, mm. uh, like your doctors, your attorneys. They're still trading time for dollars. Mm. So mm -hmm. th they don't have any cash flow or things where we see over on the right-hand side of it. And then, of course, you have your big, so, well, let me go back there. So, yeah, they're still trading time for money, but they get to 
do their own hours and their specialty. Uh, so they're like, I, I own my own business. Mm. Uh, it's a small business. Right. And that's right. what the S stands for. And then you have your B is what the, I call your big business. This is typically people that own a process. Right. They're going ahead and uh, they're using other people's time and other people's money in, in, in some cases. They own their own system a mm. lot of times. Just like here in my real estate business, mm. I consider that a B section because I have other people that work for me and that I leverage their time for money. Ah, uh, okay. okay. And then, of course, you have where everybody wants to reside, which is in the I sector of it, and that's the investor sector. And this is things that work for them. Usually they'll have rentals. They have properties that they own. They, have, they do private money lending, possibly, uh, for passive income. Mm. They're not having to – and they can still leverage other people's time, things like that, too. They can, you can, and you can live in multiple sectors. Mm. I live in the B and the I. Okay. I have a number of rentals. I have some commercial property. I have private money loans that I do as a private money lender. I've been very blessed, and we can tell a little bit more about that story, how, how I got to there from being way in debt and jobless to where I'm at nowadays. But, uh, well, um, and I much rather reside in the I sector as I do mostly now, and except a little bit in the B with uh, my own one of my businesses. Just to recap for our listeners on this, you first of all, of the four quadrants, you have the employee, they tend to be nine to five, Monday through Friday, have a very stable, reliable check and income that comes from that sort of thing. But the minute you step out, you start to take a little bit of a risk. You go out and put out your own shingle and you mm -hmm. develop your own practice, <clears throat> your own business. You're self-employed. That you still have a mentality of working for yourself, but you still now have some of the added tax advantages and the business flexibility of a business owner, even <clears throat> though you're still self-employed. The further that you go into the quadrant and you kind of go through the employee to the small business or the, the business owner, your attorney, your doctor, to the big business where you actually have people that you're leveraging their time to the investor. That's kind of the flow that it goes. Mm -hmm. As you go deeper into towards the I sector, the better tax ramifications. Right. And, and it has to do a lot with the government. The government would much rather have more big business and investors than employees. They matter more. Right. So, so you're going to get those tax breaks. And that's where, obviously, a great CPA. And I, I know we have some great ones here in town. <laughs> and I use one of the bigger ones. <laughs> And then as we go out of the small business owner, mm -hmm. now we're moving, like you said, into, <clears throat> into, the, big into the big business. What's the mental shift and, and how are they different? Oh, gosh, there's, there's a number, to be honest with you. But <clears throat> shifting from that employee mindset or trading time for dollars mm -hmm. to switching over to the investor side or the big business side where you're actually – the big thing is being able to trade being other people's time mm -hmm. or other people's money. It's just like as an example, I just – I have a lot of my money timed out. I wanted to buy this other property and I didn't have any money. Well, what do you do? I still want to go forward with the project. Right. And I want to buy this house <laughs> or this is But I did. I bought this house. So I call up a few of my private money folks and I said, hey, guess what, guys? I found this perfect project. This is my thing. They're like, we love it. Went ahead. I took 100% of the money. I bought that home. It's still cash flow because the numbers worked right. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. able to force that appreciation. I was able to get 100% of the purchase and rehab money. No money out of my pocket. Mm -hmm. We bought it for 190000 put 40000 into it. So that's $230,000 total mm -hmm. we got from our lender. 
Right. Our 240 total, we got a little extra for some expenses. But now once we finish that rehab, now we have a $300,000 home. Mm. Okay, that's a $60,000 profit. Well, how much money out of my pocket? Zero. Zero. Right. And it also, and the numbers work out, even with, because private money or hard money is a little bit more expensive. Right. We still cash flowed, you know, not a lot. It was like five, six hundred bucks, you know, but right. it was positive at the end of the day. It's paying us, still adding into our, our pocket. And then our formula basically is to buy this with other people's money. Mm-hmm. We make it cash flow and then we refinance with one of our local banks. <clears throat> or uh, And it's usually we like to work with our regional lenders or some of our other lenders. I, we stay away from the big commercial ones because they just don't know our town. Right. I love Tri-Counties Bank. There's Mission Bank. There's Bank of the Sierra. I've, I've worked with all of these banks here right. locally. Sure. Bank of the Republic I think, is very, very good. And this is no secret here in Bakersfield. We know right. these banks. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> They're all very local and very community-minded. Absolutely. But they work with us very, very well to refinance ours. So now... With no money out of our pocket, now I know on this particular project I'm thinking of, we'll be able to cash flow approximately fifteen to $1,600 a month net. No money out of our pocket, and we have an asset that we can keep and still appreciating. The investors you just talked about in your example here, they gave you private money to invest in this house, mm-hmm. in this property. Well, they had to make that money somewhere Somehow. So talk us a little bit about that investor mentality and how it's not, even though it's passive income, it's not free money. That's correct. Well, there's two different sides of that. The people that have the money want to invest it because they want passive income. They're in that I sector already. Right. And then there's the other people, like in, in my particular case, I had already loaned out all of my money and everything else. I can only do so many projects at once. Right. Darn right. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have to leverage other people's money. So we would go to somebody like that in the I sector and saying, hey, I need money for this. You know, Let's make money together. That's what they're getting out of it, is they're taking <clears throat> money that they have earned, mm-hmm. whether it's being a business owner being or... Being a big s- business or, or whatever. Self-employed, and, and, right. Absolutely. And then they give you that money. So they have actually earned that money, and they're looking for somebody like you to go through and spend it for them and give them a return on their investment. Well, a lot of people, and I always say this, well, Kevin, aren't you in real estate? And I says, well... That's the car I drive. Right. It's the vehicle, uh-huh. but not really. And, and I, I get the most puzzled look. They're like, aren't you a real estate broker? And I said, yes, absolutely. But um, they're like, well, well what, I don't understand. What do you do? And I says, well, I turn money. And I just use real estate as the vehicle. Right. And there's many other vehicles. There's insurance. There's you know, lots of other ways that you turn money and make money passively and actively. And if people wanted to get in touch with you, besides searching for me on Google and, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the first two pages are and the you. first two pages are me. Actually, you can go to my website. It's uh, yourhome661.com. You can send me an email. Very, very easy. KevinOliver.realtor at gmail.com. And then, or you can call me direct. My phone number is very active and it's on Google, obviously. Uh, 661-808-3444. And I'd be happy to, to chat with anybody. You want to have your best year ever. The problem is, there's a million New Year's resolutions out there that just don't work. But what if there were four simple, proven guidelines that can help you on your business journey that will help you achieve the things you want in life this year? Tim McNeely, one of our past guests here on the Small Business Celebration Podcast, has a special free offer 
just for you. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things. Four things. Four guidelines. Four takeaways. Four things you and your business needs to have to have the best year ever. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things and achieve the things you want in life this year. We're here with Kevin Oliver, the owner of Oliver and Associates Real Estate Team. Tell us a little bit about how you walked into this, because this doesn't sound like this was an incarnation that happened overnight. No, it's not. It's actually my second career, really. Really? Uh, or actually my morphed into it. <laughs> and I was an employee. I was on an employee mindset. I got out of the service. Uh, the Navy? I was in the Navy. I was in Naval Intelligence. Got out of that. Didn't really have any direction where I wanted to go when I met this wonderful young lady, my wife of 35 years now. <laughs> she has gone through thick and thin with me. God <laughs> bless her. I went into the computer industry. That's uh, my background. It's basically in computers. And then I went back to school later on and got my project management and a bunch of other things. And I became the senior project manager for the Western U.S. for Nortel. Mm. <clears throat> and then from there, we one of the tech bubbles busted in the late 90s and the early 2000s, and we got laid off. Hmm. And I was out of work for a number of year, uh, years, <laughs> number of months, excuse me, and I got recruited by GE. And GE was Jack Welsh, uh, oh, very yeah. much with the Demaic process and Six Sigma. He converted us from project managers to Six Sigma black belts. Mm. And if you want to know what that is, just Google it, Six Sigma black belt or GE Six Sigma, and you can find out what the Demaic process is. It's basically a process manager. And uh, during that time, I learned a lot about lending, and I went ahead and I helped build some of their loan origination system for GE Money. And that's how I learned a lot about money at that time. But I was still trading time for money mm. constantly. And I was a professional. I was getting well-paid, well in the six figures, great bonuses, great benefits. And I got to travel the world right, all across the U.S. And I became the top issues manager for North America. Wow. And I was in Germany where we used to go for some meetings and things like that. One time I knew, because I was working probably 80 and 90 hour work weeks. <laughs> I mean, and I was probably gone on an airplane 70 and 80% of the time. Wow. So, you know, you know, mind you, I was still with my wife and I had two young kids at that time. Wow. We went ahead and I knew that, you know, when I came home, I was so stressed out that, you know, kick the kids, shoot the dog and, and kill the wife, you know. <laughs> not, and... not conducive to a happy marriage. No. <laughs> no. So, I, you know, I was sitting and, I, and, you know, I'm a big wine guy. I love Cabernet. I love, you know, stuff. But uh, I'll sit down. I love my red, red wines. And it was about two or three in the morning. And I was having a glass of wine. And this guy came on TV. You, too, can make money in real estate and da-da-da-da-da, this and that. And I kind of looked at him. I'm about, you know, three-quarters of the way through the bottle. And uh, I said, God, if that idiot can do it, I can do this. So, you know, it was like 3, 3.30 in the morning, somewhere around there. I called. They answered the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I signed us up for this free seminar. Right, right. And I told my wife the next morning, and because we hadn't had, you know, our, our marriage was not on the rocks, but it wasn't the best that was happening. Right, and I, sure. and I knew that something had to change. Right. I cannot keep trading this time because the better you get, the more time you have to spend to make more money. Right. We're talking about the quadrant here again. Right, sure. So I knew something had to change. 
so I did this seminar thing and my wife went with me and she eventually didn't want to do it with me, but we, we went in and we went to the seminar and they were obviously a sales pitch. Sure. Sure. And it was $999 or whatever for three days, you know, in Sacramento, you can learn about real estate. And my wife's like, Hey, we can do that, honey. We'll do that together. And I'm thinking, okay, great. It's a three day weekend with my wife away, you know, from the kids and everything else. And we have a good time. That's what I'm thinking about. Right. Right. So we go and we do this. And of course, it's a three-day sales pitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, mind you, we made good money at the time. Even though I was stressed out, I was providing well, but I was not there for my family. I, right. I was missing seeing my boys grow up. Right. And that was huge for me. So we got in there and <laughs> we had very good credit scores. And I had a lot of debt. Mm. credit card debt at the time but i was making six figures so i could pay it off it wasn't a big deal right, right. not pay it off but we could keep things the ball rolling down the hill here right, right or right. kicking the can i should say yeah, sure. that's a better analogy but we get in we're in the session it's, it's day three and they have different classes that that you can buy and stuff and there was you know ten thousand fifteen thousand twenty thousand dollar packages. There was a mentor package because I knew being in g e mm-hmm. that having a mentor and a coach was very, very important right <clears throat> and so when I saw this one package, it was thirty two thousand dollars, and you got x amount of classes and you got a mentor and this was back in the 1980s no, this was uh early two thousands basically a seventy thousand dollar package today. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 So it was like 02-ish, I guess, because I really went into real estate around 03. So it was right at when I was transitioning out of the business, and I'll explain that here in a second. So I go ahead, and my wife's like, Kevin, we can do this one here at 32000 I looked at her. Now, mind you, my wife was a, is basically the big saver of our family. I'm the big spender. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she'll chase a penny down the hill. <laughs> That's my wife. God bless her. All girls Catholic school. And yeah, I married up way up. <laughs> and, uh, but she leans up. She says, Kevin, we can do this one there. And I said, and I looked at the price tag and I said, that's $32,000. I said, who are you and what an alien has inhabited my <laughs> wife? I want my wife back. And, uh, but we do. We go ahead and we make this decision to do this together. And we put that $32,000 on two credit cards. <laughs> Which is something every financial advisor will tell you not, not to, to do. do. <laughs> but we did. I did. Now, mind you, I go ahead and I start taking these classes. I haven't done anything really in real estate, but I'm educating myself. Because mm. I always knew that education will help you. Right. And I looked at it. Okay, 32000 it's a master's program. <laughs> that's sure. how, I, that's right. how I really looked at it. Right. So I did. I educated. went through that. Now, mind you, I still have a day-to-day job I got to do to pay the bills. Right. I'm having to fly to Germany, and we've been doing a lot of reorganization. In business, as an employee, reorganization means layoffs. Right. Okay, so I've laid off some of my staff and some of the other folks that I was responsible for. And I go to Germany, and my boss's boss, was his name was Uli, and big, tall, thin German guy, neat guy, and to the, still to this day... A lot of respect for this gentleman. And he pulls me into the office there and says, hey, Kevin, can we meet for a little bit? And I said, sure. And I pull on in and he says, you know what, Kevin? He says, you're very, very well liked within the company here, but... And I went, oh, God. Here's the butt. I'm getting laid <laughs> off, right? And he says, we would like you to move to Atlanta. 
And I paused and I looked at him. I said, Georgia? <laughs> and he says, yes, we're consolidating some of our uh, uh, project managers, things like that. And I said, well, can I talk to my wife first? And he says, of course, you're in Germany. Enjoy the beer and the time. He says, let's chat at the end of the week. And I said, perfect. And so uh, I went ahead that night from the hotel. I call up my wife and I said, hi, honey, how you doing? And he says, what's going on? I said, we're enjoying times here in Germany. But, and she says, you still have your job, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) And I says, yes, dear. And I says, but they want us to move to Atlanta. And there's a long pause. Now, mind you, remember, all girls Catholic school, gosh darn, is a swear word from my wife. And she says, Kevin, not only no, but hell Hell no. no. (laughs) And and I said, oh. (laughs) So I go back and I talk to Uli later later in the week. And I said, Uli, I said, I don't think this will work. And he says, all right, let's try to see if we can find you something else within the the organization. Well, I came back to the States, a couple weeks of looking. There really wasn't anything there. But I had already started taking these real estate classes and working it a little bit and stuff like that. And I had this one guy, uh, his name was Spencer, and I, I, this was very short-lived, but he's the one that actually changed my mind. We were going to do a partnership, and we never really did, but he helped me move along. <laughs> and I call him up real quick because I'm like, oh, they're doing all these layoffs. We got this, this, and that. I can't find a job. I said, do you think that we can really do this real estate thing full time? <laughs> and he says, yeah, Kevin. And I said, all right. So I went back, and, I, and it was a leap of faith, really. Now, my wife works for a long, large law firm. So I said, honey, I said, who is your best employment attorney? <laughs> wow. And I got a hold of a, a gentleman that's very well known here in Bakersfield. And I said, hey, I need you to negotiate a separation between me and GE. <laughs> and he did. Wow. And, and he actually negotiated some really great terms for me to separate. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I called Uli and I told him, I said, hey, you know, what if I take a severance package? And he said, would you be willing to do that? And I said, well, let's take a look at the numbers, <laughs> you sure, know, because sure. I saved somebody's job. So I went ahead. We looked at the numbers. This particular attorney went ahead and helped me negotiate the separation. I basically got six months of pay, plus my vacation, plus sick leave, and a bunch right. of other things that we separated for. So all, that all, I could, all the sick leave you never took I, off. I never <laughs> took off because I was working. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I went ahead and I started doing this real estate thing. And I was an investor for a lot of years. Then we had the crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that? 07, 08. I actually received the Hall of Fame with Rich Dad in 08. Just in time. Had, just in time. I had done a number of uh, wholesale deals. I actually, one of the best ones to date, April 2007, I put two houses under contract, no money out of my pocket, and went ahead and wholesaled those off for a net profit of $126,000. Not a bad day's work. Not a bad day's work. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way, but you know, wholesaling is still a job. That's still trading time for money. Right still is over on that left side of the screen, even though, you know, it is in real estate. Not all real estate is on the right side of the screen. <laughs> and what shifted? How did you what go? Sh- how'd you go from that self-employed, mm-hmm. you know, broker to yeah. being a business owner? What happened? Well, <laughs> the crash happened. <laughs> okay. We were, um, yeah, the 08 happened. I had to reinvent myself. I was, we had done very, very well. We had built up our wholesale business to be about a $1.2 million 
income mm -hmm. as well as we were doing a lot of flips and everything. And I've done well over 200 flips uh, in my career here. But during that period, you know, that's still trading a lot of time for money. I needed to shift into the bigger business. So we had the crash and I said, okay, well, I knew a lot of people in real estate and I actually started hooking up with two hedge funds hmm. to be able to buy. And I started a business right. and a process Ah. That worked really, really well. And I had a team mm -hmm. of people to go ahead and make money. <clears throat> so I had my own business. And I was, I was starting to be able to use other people's time mm -hmm. and then start leveraging. And I started educating myself. Of course, reading the Robert Kiyosaki's, you know, Quadrant. And then uh, a few other mindset books that I like. Which uh, are? Such as? <clears throat> Such as, well, there's one that's a good mindset. It's by Scott Alexander. It's called Rhinoceros Success. The mm -hmm. actual, the foreword is by Dave Ramsey. Oh. And Alon, that's a name that I'm sure that people know as well. Right. And then there's another by, a number of them by Gary Keller. Uh, it's not his first book. There is one called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary, Gary Keller that talks a lot about systems and processes mm. on building teams. Now, it's specifically about a real estate team. And right. I love that bio, and that helped me out a lot. Right. <clears throat> and then there's another one called Shift by Gary Keller also that talks about shifting markets. And the thing that I'm really appreciating out of this is that you have illustrated that you were originally switching time for dollars. Mm -hmm. And then now what you're doing is you're switching to somebody else's time for dollars. But more importantly, you're now putting systems in place. Correct. You're putting in how things are done so they can be <clears throat> duplicatable and replicatable. Why is doing this so important? Oh, my gosh. That's probably one of the most important things is to put those systems in place, especially when you're in the B sector, which is still on the right-hand side, uh -huh. but it's the big business, putting those systems in place. So, heaven forbid, I mean, you get ill or you take, want to take a vacation. Heaven, you know, <laughs> my gosh. I mean, my wife and I just went to Italy. Not Italy, I'm sorry. Ireland and Scotland. Right. I had the opportunity opportunity to do one of my dream things and that's to play at St. Andrews play golf right the creator you know where they invented golf sure sure, sure. <laughs> big thing off my my bucket list and that's one of the things I like doing now is is uh, checking off my bucket list stuff. right educating and mindset is huge when you're in that B sector and that's one of the things that helped transfer you into that I sector but I started doing that when and I've had several big shifts in my life where I needed to start putting those systems in place. And that's when, when the crash happened, we were all freaking out. Right. So we didn't know where the real estate market was going. Right. And, but we had to develop different systems to make money because to, to the, the market was crashing so hard, nobody knew what to do. For our listeners, what is a system? The system really is a process. Okay. A lot of this is, you know, and I learned a lot of this being a Six Sigma black belt, putting being a process manager. We have to take a look at the needs and the requirements of our clients. Mm -hmm. In my particular case, it's people that buy houses. Right. Okay, or sell houses. Well, what are their needs? Well, either A, they need to buy a house, or B, they need to sell a house. <laughs> Those are your basic <laughs> ones. There's other things also. But we put processes in place. So sometimes uh, we have to fix processes, and sometimes we have to invent processes. Somebody invented the drive through I right. don't know. I think it was probably McDonald's. I'm not sure who. <laughs> but somebody invented the drive-thru. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's, sure. it's just a process that, you know, you create. I created a really good process for the real estate business. I also did one for in that when I first started for the trustee business. 
and now own several corporations. I matter of fact, I think I own six now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it didn't start that way. I started basically if I back up a little bit back with GE, just losing my job. I was $130,000 in credit card debt, had two kids, small kids, a wife, and a house payment, and two car payments. Right. Talk about motivation. I'm building systems or, or building something. And that's how I became a wholesaler, then a rehabber, and then eventually a future investor and then a real estate broker and business owner. But it grows, and you grow, and you build different systems as you grow in business. Visioneers. You know how many of you take to our social media sites on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook and let us know what you like and don't like about the Small Business Celebration podcast? Well, guess what? Your comments are being rewarded. On February 2nd, 2020, Small Business Celebration is unveiling a special program just for you. This program rewards you for your current support of this podcast, but will also give you a greater voice, greater input, and greater value, all because you like, comment, and share our posts on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. If you haven't liked, commented, and shared our posts on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, start now. February 2nd is just around the corner, and you don't want to miss out. Like, comment, and share our posts on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook right now. Pause this episode, like, comment, and share, and then come right back. You'll be glad you did. We're here with Kevin Oliver, the owner of Oliver and Associates Real Estate Team, and we're talking about systems and putting them in place. You've had a tremendous amount of success over the years and all the ups and downs and booms and busts of the real estate market. Everything has gone absolutely perfectly right from the beginning, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) So... Going through this process, there are things that you learn along the way. Absolutely. Uh, Tell us about the time the house burned down. Now, this is early in my real estate career when I was what they call wholesaling. And let me explain to you what a wholesaler is. Okay. A wholesaler is a person that is non-licensed. You do not have to be a licensed realtor to sell a home. Okay. Okay. And you do not need a realtor to sell your home. Right. You can sell a home as as a homeowner. You can buy a home. From a, it's called for sale by owners. Right. Okay. It's higher risk because usually you don't have the knowledge and the disclosure. There's lots of other things that you could justify having a realtor sure. or an expert in there, but you don't have to have one. A wholesaler is very similar to a realtor. Now, and here's the difference. State law here in California says that, and I'm going to take you as an example. Say if you had to sell your home, mm-hmm. okay, and... I was to come and represent you mm-hmm. to another buyer, mm-hmm. okay? I have to be licensed ah. to do that. If I came to you as a wholesaler and I says, okay, you have to sell your house. I'm your buyer. I'm going to write a contract between you and I, mm-hmm. and I write it as Kevin Oliver and or assigned. Now, it's either going to be me or one of my associates here is going to close on your home. Do you care where you get the money? No. Okay, we go ahead and now you do not have to be licensed because why? Because I, at that point there, am one of the principals in the transaction. Ah. I'm the buyer as well as I'm going to assign it over to somebody else for a fee. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. And uh, they're going to actually bring the cash. Banks do this all the time. 
they sell notes. They sell their loans off. Right. You've seen this. I mean, sure. you may have had your own mortgage. I mean, you know, and your house sold off from Chase to B of A or right, wherever, right, you know, right, right. happens all the time. It's just an assignment of contract. Right. And that's what wholesalers do. And that's what I did. Now, with this fire one, what happened was I had put two, uh, excuse me, a house under contract right. for about $100,000. <clears> it was worth probably 175000 after repairs. Right. It needed probably ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth of work. So I had it under contract for a hundred thousand dollars, and I had gone ahead and wholesaled it to one of my rehabbers for ten thousand dollar profit. Okay. Okay. So they were giving me a hundred and ten thousand dollars. We were going to pay the note off and whatever profit I was going to give the seller, and ten thousand dollars to me. We went ahead and uh, signed the contracts and everything else, getting ready to close on this thing, and the girl. Now, her name was Julie. I was working out of my home office, and I had a, a nice home office that I walked. Or I had a long commute. I had to walk out of my <laughs> kitchen door, across my courtyard to my office. So, but uh, talk about traffic jams. <laughs> but I go ahead, and I'm about halfway through my courtyard. I have my cell phone in my left hand. I have my coffee cup in my right. And my phone rings, and it's Julie. And she is all in a panic. And she says, Kevin, I, we have this issue. And I said, Julie, relax. I says, number one, breathe. <laughs> There's nothing we can't resolve. There's nothing we can't fix. And she says, no, 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 you don't understand. And I said, yes, I do understand. <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal. We can fix anything here, you know. I wasn't going to let $10,000 go away. <laughs> uh, I said, well, fix it, whatever it is. And then she says, no, Kevin. And I says, what? And she says, the house burnt down. And I went, oh. <laughs> I said, that, well, that, that is a little bit of an issue. <laughs> and I says, okay. And I says, well, number one, is everybody okay? <laughs> and she says, yes. And I says, okay. Have, and I said, have you talked to your insurance agent yet? And she said, no. And I said, that's probably the first thing you need to do. I said, why don't you call it? Because you know, she was in foreclosure at the time. Right. And I says, why don't you go ahead and call your insurance agent and call me back later this afternoon? She says, Okay. And so she went ahead and she called me back <clears throat> and, and I said, okay, Julie, I said, what's going on? She says, well, they're going to go ahead and pay off my loan. They're going to do everything else. And I said, okay, great. And I says, well, what do you want to do with the property? She says, well, I think we're just going to hold on right now. And I said, okay. So I went ahead and kind of round filed the thing. And now, of course, I had a buyer already lined up. So I had to go find him another property, which I did. But the house burnt down. Unfortunately, we can't sell something that's ashes. Right, okay. Right. I mean, you can sell land, but you know, it is what it is. Well, about five months later, Uh-oh. I get a call, and it's <laughs> Julie. Said, hey, she says, do you remember such and such a house? And I said, absolutely, the one that burnt down. And she says, yes. And she said, would you want to, to, to still buy it? And I said, of course. Sure. <laughs> Man, I ask everybody, what do you want? Sure, sure. And she says, well, I want $10,000 in my pocket. I said, okay. And I said, now I need to start asking a couple of probing questions. Sure. I says, well, do you owe any? Because I know what happened to the property because the insurance paid everything off and stuff like that. And, and now she basically has a lot. But she owed $25,000 to a hard money lender on it. And there was a $2,000, I, I guess, no, no, a, 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 a city uh, lien oh. for the fire and everything. A fire department goes out and puts out. And sometimes you get hit. 
stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. And she wanted $10,000 in her pocket. Or as she, I think, what did she owe? 20 or something like that. It ended up that if I was to give her $32,000, that we were good. It was so that's what she owed 22 or 20,000 plus 2,000, and then she wanted 10. Right. That's that was because I remember it was 32. <laughs> and so I, so I told her, I said, okay, so if I give you $32,000, we're good, right? And she says, yes. And I said, you'll have the, the contract within 15 minutes. So I go ahead and I write out the contract, get it over to her. She signs it and gets it back to me. Now I have a house under contract, right? Yay. Yay. So I go ahead and I call my good friend Lee. Now Lee (laughs) is a short little Chinese lady from New York. Tough as nails, this woman. Okay. Loved to buy burnouts. And especially when they're R2 zoned and she used to build little duplexes and she made bank on all these things. And I had worked with her in the past and so like that. So I go ahead and I get her on the phone and I'm not going to go through the whole conversation with you. But now I knew that this house was probably worth at this point here about Mm -hmm. $90,000, $80,000 to $90,000 as is the lots alone. Right. So we go ahead and I get her on the phone and I says, hey, Lee, how you doing? She says, hey. And I says, I have a burnout with you. And she says, great. She says, how much? I says, well, they're usually running about eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000. But, you know, for you, I'll give it to you for seventy. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets me on the phone. She says, she says, Kevin, I not give you seventy. I give you 50. <laughs> okay. And, uh, well, no, no, we're still negotiating here. <laughs> so I go through the whole negotiation, and it, it, is, it is hilarious. But I says, Lee, I says, these things are worth eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000. I says, but you and I have done a lot of work together, but for you today, 65000 She says, Kevin, I give you fifty-five. And I said, are you insane? I said, this is a $90,000 lot. But I tell you what, you know, I says, what do you want to do? And she says, all right. I tell you what, I give you 60000 no more, no less, but you've got to beat me in my bank at 4 o'clock. I says, I'll see you at 4 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so we went ahead, and I'm looking. Now, mind you, I'm at my family cabin up in Wrightwood at this time, okay? My mother owned a, a cabin up sure. there. Sure. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, i got to be back in Bakersfield at 4, and it's already 1. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so I throw everything in my car, and I race down the mountain. Made it here by 4 o'clock. <laughs> I pull into the bank. Over on the east side over there where I met her, and I see Lee, and I hand her the assignment contract, and I assign her the contract that I had signed with Julie, okay, because it says Kevin Oliver and or assigned. Right. She's my uh, and or assigned. Right. She takes a look at the contract. She takes a look at the uh, assignment that's saying, you know, you owe me $30,000, <laughs> and she looks back, and it says 32000 She says, you're making about as much as you paid for it. <laughs> And I says, yes, do we have an issue here? And she says, no. <laughs> so, so the moral of the story basically is, you know, if you get something under contract and it's only for $10,000, burn the damn thing down, you make 30. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> the insurance company will have issue with that. <laughs> but um, that, that's what happened on that particular one. It burned down and we made, I made more money since the house burned down than I did with the original one. But it was fun. What is one thing that you would advise Visionary Nation that they could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Educate yourself. Read. I think Mm. that there's a number of books that are out there. Change your mindset. Stop thinking that I have to go to work nine to five to make money. 
in my particular case, real estate is not a job. It's a lifestyle. I do it as I wish and how I want because I've put the processes in place because I educated myself and I put the right people in place to help make me money. And you start leveraging and, and, and it grows. It's kind of like a snowball effect. Starts out very, very small, like a little snowball that you want to like a ba you know, golf ball size. Right. And then you grow it to the baseball size. Then you grow it to the volleyball size and then the basketball size. And then all of a sudden you have this huge ball that's just rolling down the hill. And that's how you grow these processes. And you put different processes depending on what level you are. But my basic, I think if I was to say one thing, read. Read about what the other investors have done. Mm -hmm. People that are already in the I sector or in the I quadrant, how did they get that? The Robert Kiyosaki's. The uh, Warren how, Buffett's of the world. The what? The Warren Buffett's of the, the world. The Warren Buffett's of the world. How did they get there? What processes did they use? What books did they read? What books did they write? Because right. that's giving insight to their mindset. Read and follow that. Don't, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I'd never reinvented the wheel. I just took certain processes and then made it better. I took that McDonald's drive-through and made it so at the end of the process I wasn't getting a fillet of fish. I was getting my darn big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> That's my two cents. <laughs> well, Kevin, this has been a pleasure. I sincerely appreciate you being on the Small Business Celebration podcast and giving us some really great insight on the processes and how to grow a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Thank you. You want to have your best year ever. The problem is, there's a million New Year's resolutions out there that just don't work. But what if there were four simple, proven guidelines that can help you on your business journey that will help you achieve the things you want in life this year? Tim McNeely, one of our past guests here on the Small Business Celebration podcast, has a special free offer just for you. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things. Four things. Four guidelines, four takeaways, four things you and your business needs to have to have the best year ever. Go to lifestone.co.com forward slash four things and achieve the things you want in life this year. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visionary is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visionary is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visionary gives value first because visionaries are in business for the long haul. Visionaries understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visionaries define their destiny. Visionaries create their own luck. Visionaries surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visionaries are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visionary? Join the Visionary Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. 
If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.